I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Pete, so today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, not maybe the most comfortable emotion, um, but we're going to talk about anger today. Why is it not comfortable? Well, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, it doesn't, I don't personally love feeling angry. I don't know. I, I, maybe you do. I don't know. Some people, some people get a little addicted to feeling angry, which we'll talk about, but I, I personally don't enjoy it. No, I don't enjoy it either. <laughs> and with the practice of mindfulness, I really don't feel it as much as I once did. Right. Yes. It's, it's more regulated. Not, it's not more quite regulated. as intense. It's more regulated. It's more regulated. Yeah. Totally. Um, well, I think, you know, we've done a lot of episodes um, on other emotions. And of course, when uh, when we've done these episodes, we always start with talking about the evolutionary function of emotions, yes. because most people aren't that um, understandably uh, aware of like why we feel things like what's the, what's the point? Why does this exist? You know? Yes. So, uh, so if that's okay, can I maybe jump into the, some good old fashioned historical evolutionary? Yes. Bring <laughs> the knowledge, Dr. Rubin. Okay. 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 So, uh, so anger, uh, serves a purpose. <laughs> so evolution did not select for it for no reason. So we've talked in the past, how all emotions are hardwired with something called an action urge, which mm-hmm. basically means what your emotion is telling you to do. So anger evolved to help us fight back when either ourselves or someone that we're cared about or like, you know, our, you know, human tribe was being attacked, Mm -hmm. right? So anger, basically what it does is it calls us to action, calls Mm -hmm. us to respond. So if we think about fight, flight, or freeze, this is the fight response, right? Um, And that was really helpful because again, if you were being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, you don't want to just, you know necessarily stand still, right? Yeah. You'd want to run, maybe, maybe you'd freeze, um, but you might want to fight back sometimes. Um, and this is really important to understand because I want listeners to think about when we feel angry, uh, we often feel like very powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Like it sort of creates this surge of, of energy, um, even think physiologically, you know, there's like an increase in heart rate, like we kind of tense up, we might flush. Um, and, you know, and this is where we get into some of the stickier points as well, but we can also feel uh, very righteous about things like, yeah. right. I don't know. Anything else what, you would add here? Well, what do you think? Why do you think people get angry? Let's maybe like simply like some examples of what, when you were angry or like in, like in modern times, in modern <laughs> not just times yeah. today, right? Cause I'm even <laughs> thinking like, I, one thing for me is always like customer service. And I think, mm. especially during the pandemic, I realized that like, it seems as though customer service has shifted whereby (laughs) we're not necessarily, the customer is not necessarily always right anymore. Those things are gone. (laughs) Maybe not, maybe not such a, such a terrible thing, but um, yeah. Okay. Well, so, all right. So if, if we start, so if we start the evolutionary piece of like anger calls us to action when we're being threatened in some way, right. Mm -hmm. In modern experience, like there's a whole spectrum of what that can mean. Right. So we can feel angry. Uh, we, well, if anger is in the middle Mm -hmm. if everyone imagined listening, a spectrum here, uh, the most intense would be rage. Right. And at the, and at, and the least intense would be like a slight irritation or I just had a word affiliation. Can I bring that to you? Yeah, sure. Please rage against the machine. Uh, great band. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Move to the great, spectrum. great band. Great, great nineties band. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, (laughs) sorry, sorry. Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, and so the, you know, and frustration is somewhere like in the middle between say anger and, and irritation or annoyance. Um, so we feel angry when we, um, we feel that something has happened. That's like not, um, that's not right. That's not just Mm -hmm. right. We feel angry if again, um, something, uh, like awful has happened, like we've been harmed in some way or someone Mm -hmm. we love has been Mm -hmm. harmed. Any, anything else you would add here? Well, I'm going to give you an APA definition. Maybe how's that? Oh, (laughs) how did I, how did I, uh, not expect that? I don't know. Well, because it's been a minute since we recorded. So it's an emotion characterized by antagonism towards someone or something you feel has deliberately done you wrong which is exactly what you just described. Yeah, exactly. And it could be Feeling good. Wrong. And it just motivates you to find solutions to problems. Exactly. Well, so that piece is really important. So it's saying yeah. like, when we feel angry again, it calls us to action. It calls yeah. us to do something and mm-hmm. that's very effective. Right. So I, I don't know about you, but like, I work with a lot of people that, um, you know, they don't let themselves feel angry. You know, it's kind of like that gets judged as something, you know, bad quote yeah. unquote or negative. Like, and I'll say, you know, but I'll say anger is oftentimes justified, you know, like, I mean, I, I don't know if um, you've had this experience clinically, uh, Pete, but, you know, sometimes like when I'm working with people that have experienced trauma, yeah. you know, um, there is understandably um, a hard time accessing anger initially, because of course the fear dominates, right? So interestingly, I'll say that with my clients, you know, tend to be these like, uh, you know, really high, like the athletes, yeah. the athletes. Yeah they access anger too often. Well, it's total. Well, I work so, with those folks too, but I work with so, those folks, but say more about that. Yeah. So their trauma brain would likely actually access anger more because it's sort of the default. And so there's research mm-hmm. that supports that neurologically sort of their fight, fight or freeze went right to anger because that's what protected them. Or at least that's at least the understanding in which that we would have as to why they go there so quickly, but that we would see that they go there quickly. Well, and I think we could even, you know, this is where we get into the nuance of, um, you know, uh, biology interacts with uh, yeah. learning history and experience is like sometimes there may be um, some like gendered learning experiences Absolutely. in terms of emotional expression, yeah. right? So, I mean, I know you work with athletes of all genders, but I'm, I'm wondering men. if mostly men, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know, will you say a little bit more about um, about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess socially it's more accepted. And so mm-hmm. for men to be angry, whereas a woman, like, so, you know, Nick, if you and I were to get a fight one day while we're on air, um, mm-hmm. you'd be seen as, you know, uh, the B word and I would be mm-hmm. seen as strong, you know, right. for <laughs> assertive. Right. Or something. Right. Right. Um, right. Well, when I'm thinking of our masculinity episode of toxic masculinity, toxic yes. masculinity, we talked a lot about this, right? We did. Yep. And so also though, there is another area of research that finds that sometimes men express anger as a result of depression or sadness. And so that's like the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the phenotype is the yes. anger. Um, but underlying that is really sadness. I love that. You just said phenotype. It's one of my favorite genotypes and phenotypes. Love that. Um, yeah. Do, and I think like genetics No. <laughs> yes. Same. Um, so Yes. And I think just even more broadly, you know, outside of sort of the the context of gender, I think most people can think about times when um, they've not wanted to feel sadness and they'll sort of feel angry instead. And that is something I talk 
about with, with all kinds of patients. It's like, yes. you're, you know, cause again, anger makes us feel powerful. Yes. It also like distances us from something, right. Where mm-hmm. sadness, like think about like when you, um, like when you're grieving, right. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, you know, part of the process is being angry, which yes. is normal. Right. But anger does feel better than feeling sad because it's like, it feels as though, um, like you can do something. There's like a fighting reality quality, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that is there an anger character on Inside Out that movie? Uh, there is. There is an anger character. Okay. Yeah, there is. They're like testing uh, us. Yeah, yeah. No, there is. There, there is an anger character. Yeah. Um, great movie. If no one, no one's watched it uh, yes. yet, a uh, great, great movie. Um, yeah. So a lot of times people will. Uh, go to anger over sadness or even other unpleasant sort of like downregulated emotions, like shame or guilt. Uh-huh. That's another one I've seen before, yeah. right. When someone's mm-hmm. done something, you know, maybe that they, um, they feel, uh, guilty about, right. Yeah. Like appropriately guilty. They'll sort of turn it around and be angry at the person that's, you know, sort of calling them out for that. Yeah. Why? Cause it's like, you don't have to sit with the guilt. You don't have to, um, you know, contact uh, that pain. Right. Um, but I also see, like I said, but I also see people that have a hard time accessing anger, right. They don't allow themselves to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, cause again, I think, um, you know, if I'm speaking about trauma, you know, sometimes it's that the angers are sorry, the anxiety fear has dominated. Right. So it's like that, uh, there's sort of like no space for the anger until, um, the fear response has been effectively processed, right? right. Then there's space to, to be angry about it. Um, but I also think that, you know, um, again, if we go back to sort of, um, like contextual factors and, and we could talk about women, um, you know, uh, for example, are often like kind of taught, like, it's not okay. You know, you're, not, not okay to be angry. Right. Right. Or that's, you know, or I I don't know. I hear things a lot of times like, um, oh, I shouldn't be angry about this. Like as if it's, it says something negative about one's character or something like that. Well, that's a good old cognitive distortion anyway. It's a good, it's a good old should statement there. Yeah. 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 Well, Peter, I'm wondering like, what is, um, what does Zen Buddhism say about anger specifically? If if it does, I mean, I, I, there's guesses. Oh, there is. Okay. So very curious. Yeah, there's lots of it, and uh, I know you always like put me on the spot for some of this stuff. <laughs> uh, but, well, because I want to know, I'm curious. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's purposeful. It's it's a you know natural order of suffering. You know, obviously, the goal is to get away from it. So, what I started, what I opened up saying earlier, or as we began this episode, is I do feel it less. You know, and so I think with the practice of meditation and mindfulness, while I can regulate it more effectively, no doubt. I also f- experience it less frequently, you know, because when you really, when I'm connected with peace more regularly, the other emotions, and that's on, honestly why sometimes high performers don't like mindfulness or meditation, because it almost feels like it's too level, mm-hmm. like the ups, there are less ups and downs, Yep. you know, and that's really supported in the research to say that, well, as my brain changes, there will be less ups and downs, you know, um, you know, all the other aspects mm-hmm. of behaviorally, like, okay, I'm not judging my emotions. I'm regulating them more effectively. Uh, mm-hmm. And then over time, like say, for example, some of the anxiety, we don't do this in third wave CBT, but one of the things I'll say is like, we're not saying we're going to eliminate your anxiety mm-hmm. or anger. Um, mm-hmm. However, as you practice, you'll likely notice that there's a steady decline of your experience or understanding. And so Buddhism would kind of be similar in that way where they're saying, allow anger to arise and then find some antidotes to prevent it, you know, because anger itself is going to hijack people's 
you know, current state or the actual present moment. And so, you know, the antidote, one of them in particular, like Pema Chodron writes a lot about, well, she'll say patience, mm-hmm. you know, and so that mm-hmm. you, you really, and then sometimes, you know, and you and I talk a lot in here about interpretation. So what anger actually is and like Sanskrit or some other, uh, mm-hmm. you know, languages that this has all been written in, but often they'll use that as like aggression synonymously. So that'd be interesting for you to break down because I think, you know, I think in, in the West, we would think anger as the emotion aggression as the behavior. Yeah. I'm wondering, do, would you agree with that? Yeah, that's a hundred percent what I would, I would say. And well, cause, cause even like, if you go back to what Pema Chodron says, like patience is a behavior practice right. of patience. Right. And so I, that makes total sense to me when we practice patience um, that would help regulate anger because it's like slowing down, right? It's not um, fighting back against everything, right? Right. Um, but but I think maybe you know, Pete, it's important to distinguish between um, how do I want to say this? Like uh, regulating anger overall, which is I think what you're speaking to, which is yeah, when you practice, you know, any kind of um, you use any kind of mindful approach, like you're going to feel anger less intensely and less frequent frequently. Right. Right. Um, and, and I think that's because it's like the day-to-day things don't grab us as much. So if we go back to that spectrum idea, right. Like things that are annoy us or irritate us or, you know, hurt our feelings. Um, maybe those things, uh, you know, don't, uh, get in as much. Like they don't sort of like puncture us in the same kind of way. Um, and so what I then have personally experienced and how I understand it is like, okay, so then you're not feeling anger as often or as consistently or as intensely, though that doesn't mean that you're not going to experience anger when, you know, for example, you're being attacked or a loved one has been really hurt. You know, it's like feeling, it's like feeling anger, maybe, um, when it's, more justified is kind of how I yeah. approach it. Like, as opposed to having it, um, show up like for less, uh, I don't know what the word, like, le- I, well, sometimes they're justified, but like less justified reasons, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and that would seem to me to think about like the spectrum, like you're saying. And so it's like, a you know, but, but because Buddhism is really rooted in peace, yes, like, uh-huh. if I'm attacked, they're still meant to be peace as a response like it's not an mm. aggressive so it's a really no, right sure yeah 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 now that's in theory that we know there's right. parts of the world right now that buddhist practitioners are attacking you know right. other religious right. practices so right it's not you know because humans as we've said before like kind of screw everything up right <laughs> right 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 buddhism was with and and other eastern practices it their practices created by human beings. And so right. nobody, nobody's infallible to um, the downsides of, uh, you know, the human brain and, and the human condition. Correct. Yep. So there is, I mean, I mean, maybe I'll read. Um, so there's uh, from Dhammapada. So again, like I, I study mostly like uh, third wave, a third, well, obviously third wave CBT, but in <laughs> right. the Zen world, um, yeah. like Japanese based sort of traditions. Right. Um, this is a little bit more Indian based, but there are, uh, the idea that, um, you know, how anger is really clouding and causing suffering. 
So they'll, okay. the, the, the belief there is that it's detrimental. Uh, so they'll say something like, so here's like just a saying for you all. So beware of bodily anger and control thy body, leave the sins okay. of the body and with thy body practice virtue, beware of anger of the tongue and control thy tongue, leave okay. the sins of the tongue and practice virtue with thy tongue, beware of the anger of the mind and control thy mind, leave the sins of the mind and practice virtue with thy mind. The wise who control their body, who control their tongue, the wise who control their mind are indeed well controlled. So this was verses 231 to 34, where you're like, so again, and you, I don't like the word control. Remember, you mm-hmm. remember that. Right, I do. Of course, of course I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but what they're saying is like, understand that, you know, you're, what you're saying is involved, your body is involved, sure. emotions involved, and then ultimately how do you control your behavior? Totally. And I think, you know, as you're reading that, and and again, going back to what you said a moment ago about translation, it's like, yeah. this is where, you know, I think um, as, you know, we live in obviously the United States and the Western world where English native English speakers, right? Like um, we have to be careful in how we um, interpret what's being said, because I also have the experience a lot of times where people take Zen Buddhist concepts and use them as experiential avoidance, yeah. right? They use them to say, which, you know, for listeners, if, if, if you've heard yeah, us talk about that. this before, yeah. So experiential avoidance is um, the behavioral practice of trying to um, fix, control, get rid of, problem mm-hmm. solve, ignore, suppress any internal stimuli. And that includes memories, thoughts, physical sensations, emotions, or urges. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a thing humans do because of our, you know, language uh, uh, using brains. Um, and so a lot of times, like, for example, we talk about anger, which we're saying this is built into our um, our our bodies and our brains. And it's not just humans, right? Other animals also feel, feel anger, right? So it's, it's coded in us biologically. Um, and I, you know, my understanding again, in these, um, I'm no expert here, but my understanding and, and experience of, of, you know, mindfulness practices around that is like, it's yes, we're, we're trying not to get dysregulated in anger. We're trying not to lash out, right? We're not, yeah. we're trying to, to keep it regulated. And as best we can is to practice compassion towards ourselves and others. However, I think a lot of people would hear that and yeah. say, see, I shouldn't be angry, right? you know, and they kind of use that as a way to disconnect and distance themselves. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like an intellectualization yeah. of emotion. Um, and that's something I, I encounter quite a bit, not just with, not just with anger, with yeah, yeah, other, yeah. you know, with other, with other emotions, emotion, other yeah, emotions yeah. too. And so that's, um, yeah, I would be curious, you know, what some of the Zen teachers would say if somebody was sort of like going to that intellectual place about it. Well, it, it, it is often, so there are some teachers, even within my, you know, teacher's lineage mm-hmm. that yeah. would really separate Western behaviorism or any kind right. of psychotherapy right. from some of the teachers. Sure. And I think I'm, I, I can't like, it, well, of course you, <laughs> I can't, you, they're both part of you. That's why you can't, I just, you know? it's, it's yeah. funny. Cause one of the, like one of the teachers in particular mentions that a lot in her talks and I'm just like, I can't, but I, let me just, I'll, I'll do, there was another uh, writing of eight tips before we end. Cause I think some tips would be helpful, but yeah, my, yeah. my mom is very knowledgeable, um, but so she would say life sucks and then you die, but that actually is samsara, <laughs> which just says that right. life is unsatis- unsatisfactory. Yes. And so that's part yeah. of anger. Uh, patience again, like we mentioned from mm-hmm. payment children, other um, analyze the situation, meditation. And again, so and meditation and learning from your enemy. So what we're also asked to do in any kind of feelings of aggression or anger is to sit with it. Uh, that's a lot of the Zen way is just to sit and see mm-hmm. what comes up and watch it come up. It's right. not push it away. Watch it come up. 
Well, and, and not when we got to be really mindful about this, which listeners, that doesn't mean wallow in it because no. anger, what right. is happened, what happens in anger is we, we have the urge to ruminate, which means right. it's to go over in your mind over and over again, rumination right. intensifies emotion. Exactly. So we always, from a, you know, a third wave CBT perspective, will say, walk away from what makes you feel angry, but that includes in your mind as well. Right. Exactly. So don't, don't remove yourself from the situation and then think about how you've been wronged over and over again. Like that's right. going to grow that anger to a much larger, stickier place. And that's what meditation teaches you not to that's do. That's right. That's you know? right. And so as you sit, sitting with it doesn't mean ruminate. Sitting with it means see what comes up and then you move on to the next moment because yep. everything is impermanent. This is yes. sort of thing to think about. Mm-hmm. So that will, even that will go around. And then the last two things is think about karma and emptiness. Mm. You know, so karma is that, how are you responding? Because that translates into your next life. Yep. Um, and then emptiness that really anything you're responding to is empty, you know, that the, it doesn't actually exist. And that's where it gets a little bit more philosophical, but, you know, sometimes we like chant the mantra of emptiness just to remind ourselves that this does not exist. And it's not who we are. Oh, always, always, um, it's <laughs> difficult to end, end on a concept like that. Why? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, thank you. I thank you, Pete. It's, I always learn so much hearing uh, hearing from you. So, uh, listeners, I hope um, I hope this was a helpful introduction to just understanding um, anger a little bit better, understanding that it is a part of us. Um, you know, it's it's in our our biological code, and it's something that um, we don't uh, we don't have to let it uh, dominate and rule our lives. So, uh, you know, go ahead, practice some of these suggestions, and, and let us know how it goes. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.